Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The most predictable thing about Talladega is its unpredictability. But even with the big one, Sunday's race was perhaps the tamest restrictor plate race in recent memory. But if you ask Joey Logano, that is exactly how he drew things up. After a 36 race winless streak, the driver of the 22 returned to victory lane. Hi, everybody. Welcome into NASCAR America. Carol Lamano, joined by Hall of Famer Dale Jarrett and the mayor, Jeff Burton, from his garage. Let's not waste any time. We've got 30 minutes today. So let's start with a look back at the weekend. Talladega Super Speedway, the second restrictor plate race of the season. And the weekend started badly for Jamie McMurray. A blown tire in Friday's practice, leading to a big wreck on the backstretch. Yeah, we're looking back, and Jamie McMurray would rather just forget about this weekend because there's nothing good that really happened for him. You can see right here, this was something, uh, a product of uh, these cars being lower, especially in the back, a little bit of tire rub, had an issue there on the straightaway. Ryan Newman got into him, sent Jamie for uh, a tumble there. Uh, bringing out the backup car, that's not as big a deal as what it normally is, so Jamie was running well. But these cars just were not driving good. You can see right here, Eric Jones was on the bottom, making a good run, got a little bit loose, got up into McMurray. Here, Trevor Bain takes a big hit. Kyle Larson's uh, car uh, gets a lot of damage, along with Martin Truex Jr. But this is just a product of these cars not driving very well. We don't normally hear about that at Talladega, but it was certainly a big story this weekend, and a weekend that Jamie McMurray looked forward to because he's such a good plate racer, but it didn't go well. Let's move to 22 laps to go here. Jimmy Johnson getting loose triggering the big one well they just said they weren't driving well, well there's another example jimmy johnson again we've seen that over and over with the hendrick cars in particular just don't drive as well as they need to right there you see how lucy got came across the nose of william byron and this took out several more cars so now we've had two big wrecks and that had a major impact on the race because of the number of cars and the quality of cars that were taken out in both impacts so you can see right here brad keselowski had one of the best cars so then as we move forward into the race, here's Joey Logano leading, but look at the cars behind him. There's just not that many of them, and for the most part, because they weren't really enough good cars to form an outside line, the bottom got going, and Joey Logano only had to protect the bottom. Never really had a big charge coming, except for off the turn four in the last lap. Really didn't have to do a whole lot to keep his lead, uh, and a lot of that had to do with just because of all the wrecks. So it was Joey Logano's day. Gets his first win in just under a year. He collects his 19th win in the Monster Energy Series ahead of Kurt Busch, Chase Elliott, Kevin Harvick, and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Another good run coming from David Reagan in six for Front Row Motorsports. But Kelly Stavis spoke with Sunday's winner and his crew chief after the race. It's so hard to put into words the feelings right now. Um, you know, after going over a year winless, uh, it hurts. There's a lot of pressure to that. You want to get back to victory lane so bad and uh, to come here to Talladega, um, knowing we had a shot. And, and even after last weekend winning a couple stages, you know your, your momentum's starting to build. That confidence is coming back in the race team, and uh, we really go out there and execute with our shell pencil for today. To get back playoff eligible and, and the momentum we built through the season, you know, we're second in points coming in here. We've had decent runs. Uh, speedway racing 
you know, Joey does a really good job with it. TJ Majors came on this year, and, and that's one of the things that you know TJ is really strong at. They did a great job today. Junior left me a good one. Uh, I kept waiting for him to retire so I can grab his guy. <laughs> and uh, man, he just um, he, he just gets it. He knows how to speed a race. I think I think Dale's taught him a lot <laughs> over the years, and um, it's a lot of fun over the off season to to watch films with him and um, for him to teach me a lot of things. You know, I, I couldn't have a better guy up on the roof. He's uh, the best as he come. So um, you know, fortunate to have him and. Uh, Thanks, Dale, for that. Brad and Joey are two of the best speedway racers I know. Um, you know, Joey and Kevin work really well together, and Kevin Kevin did a great job of working with us there once we lost our teammates. So, um, you know, kudos to, to the Ford relationship that we have, and, and this place is about who your friends are. You know, the, the Fords work well together. I, I knew that, and Kevin and I work good together. I know Kurt. Um, and I have worked good in the past together as well. And yeah, but it's also we want to win the race, right? And and you know the goal is to, to keep us all up there to 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 one of us can win, and then we're going to race. Yeah, I think a lot of the monkey got off our back just by running better this season. You know, we, we struggled through last season. It uh, you know, the middle of the season last year was was the toughest time that we've had as a team. Man, it feels really good. <laughs> I tell you, it's been it's been a long time, and I think that's probably the most excited I've been probably since the Daytona 500 about winning a race. So. Um, yeah, just, it's amazing. I just don't want to wait so long for the next one. <laughs> just a little bit more here on some of the struggles from around a year ago. The improvement, really remarkable when you consider nine top ten finishes in the first ten races this season. Coming off a dismal 2017 Lagana Spring win at Richmond, stripped of playoff eligibility, and the 22 team never recovered from that. Let's start with you, Jeff. TJ Majors, the spotter, credited over the weekend for part of the team's success. But you also heard Joey Logano mention the confidence coming back. How do you explain such a remarkable turnaround from a year ago? Well, I think Todd Gordon said it well. It's performance. They've yeah. been running well all year. And uh, after last year, where they just ran really bad, to be quite honest about it, they just weren't good. And then uh, you go back and you think about what happened in Martinsville, and they were – uh, really had the magnifying glass on them because they didn't pit when they had that tire rub, and that could have kept Brad from having a chance to win a championship. There was a lot of pressure on that team, uh, and, and to come out this year and kind of shove that in the back and get it out of their way and start running well again, that's, that builds confidence actually more than if you just always run well. I think yeah. sometimes when you struggle – uh, now you appreciate running well even more, and I think that helps your confidence. Yeah, and, you know, this business is so different in that you're competing pretty much every single week, and when you get on a bad run, you can't seem to find things that are going to help you get out of that. And then all of a sudden, when a couple of bad races add up to five or six bad races, then you start pressing. I don't care if you're the crew chief, you're looking for things to do different, looking around what your teammates and others are doing around you. And as a driver, you start trying to make up the difference. And that only compounds the issues. So for them to kind of regroup in the offseason and come out very strong at the beginning of this year, I think that probably as much as anything uh, ha has propelled them and given Joey the confidence as a driver once again. He's so very talented. And to give him a good race car uh, at Talladega, uh, yeah, the spotter did a great job. You've got to have everybody doing their job, but the driver did an outstanding job. And, DJ, just quickly, how good should Team Penske overall feel about how the weekend went down? A number of drivers having success, despite the fact that Joey Logano is the headline walking away. Yeah, of course, their, their team, his teammates didn't get the finishes because they got caught up in that accident. Matter of fact, you know, Paul Menard and, and Brad and 
and uh, everybody was in there. So it, it just made a big difference if you just look at the finishes. But they were all outstanding. They were all going to have a chance to win. You know, they won stages right up there gathering points. So uh, there's a lot of good things that came from that. This organization is going to be somebody that you're going to have to watch as we go through the year and start talking about the playoffs, that they will all be a part of, of the conversation when we talk about who's going to be able to try to win and move forward in the playoffs and have a chance at winning a championship, I believe. Yeah, and you know this uh, better than I do. They have something that other teams don't have. That's Roush Yates. Yes. They, you know, Doug yeah. Yates and his group over there, they do such a good job. They have such a history of success, and they take uh, Dayton and Talladega, and they really look at it as a tremendous amount of pride. That They really want to win there. Uh, I remember when we were switching to Tauruses with Fords, yeah. and I was excited because I thought they were going to be really good at Charlotte. And everybody at Yates was really, really pissed off because they thought it was going to be bad at Daytona. And, and I was were. like, yeah, they were. And I'm like, I don't care about Daytona. And, and the guys at Yates were furious because they, they were going to be so draggy. And, and I remember thinking the different, how different those philosophies were. And that showed mm-hmm. me right there what the Yates family, what, they, what Daytona and Talladega mean to them. We should just mention while we're talking about Team Penske that they do also compete in IMSA sports car racing. Earlier today, IMSA and NBC Sports Group announced a six-year partnership that begins in 2019, which means that next year, NBC Sports is going to be home to the 57th Rolex 24 at Daytona in January and also the 103rd running of the Indianapolis 500 in May. So we're excited about that. Meantime, this weekend at Talladega, all smiles for Joey Logano, but that was not the case for quite a few other drivers. Coming up next, a closer look at what caused Sunday's wrecks and why Chase Elliott says he saw a lack of aggressiveness by the Fords in the race's final laps. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. The race for the Triple Crown begins with the most exciting two minutes in sports. This year's field is completely stacked for the Kentucky Derby. It's presented by Woodford Reserve. We hope you're with us. Our coverage begins Saturday at noon Eastern on NBCSN, 2.30 Eastern on NBC. And maybe one of you can help me with my Derby pick because I'm telling you, there are so many good horses in this field. It is all part of NBC Sports Championship season presented by Canada Dry. Joey Logano earning some thoroughbred status, dare I say, with a win Sunday as he is now the sixth dry to virtually guarantee a playoff berth. Kurt Busch leads the winless drivers in seventh, while Ricky Stenhouse Jr. has moved into the 16th and final spots. So, Jeff and DJ, we saw those two big wrecks alter the standings on Sunday. We talked about them a little bit in the last segment, but I want to dial down on what exactly happened in these wrecks. And, DJ, I'll let you take the one in stage two. What specifically did you see? Uh, cars driving bad, and I think this was kind of the first uh, sights that we saw of this happening as some cars started jockeying around and, and moving around in the corners, getting close to each other, and Eric Jones was just going. He said after this was over in the interview that his car had been loose the entire time, and that's all that happened here. It didn't take much for him to go up to the track, get into Jamie McMurray, and I know that they didn't have much time in practice being around other cars, and just, you know when you make changes and they had less downforce than what they'd had. They had these cars so low in the back that they were ordered not to get in packs because a couple of them got in the wreck with Jamie Murray in practice on Friday. So I think that had a lot to do with these cars not driving well. And and that's always a a difficult decision to make at Daytona and Talladega. The crew chief's like, I don't want to mess my car up in a wreck. And the driver's like, yeah, but we need to see how it drives to make it better. And I think what's difficult about Talladega is the assumption is they're going to drive okay. 
because Talladega just does not have as tight a radius as Daytona. Typically, they don't drive as bad. But, you know, as we see Jimmy Johnson, once again, you know, lose control of his car, I got to go back and think about Rodney Childress and Kevin Harvick and what they did. And Rodney said after the race that they went into this race not knowing what to expect. So they were prepared to do things. They were prepared to make changes to their car. And what they ended up doing was they ended up raising the back of the car up. They put six rounds in the back of the car. That picked the back of the car up, put more downforce on it. Now, that slowed the car down. That hurt the speed of the car because it added more drag. But they just felt like they would have a better shot of winning the race if they had the car driving well. And he was in position. He had a shot. He was kind of where he needed to be. Uh, to, to win the race. So it's always going to be a difficult decision. It's always been a trade-off between drag and downforce at Daytona Talladega. Pretty much everywhere else, you just want all the downforce you can get. But with downforce comes slower race cars, and teams are just going to have to rethink this. Yep. Going back to Talladega, they're gonna, some teams, uh, the 48, the 20, those guys, they're going to have to go back thinking we've got to build some downforce into these cars. Yep. Let's sure. take a listen, if we can, to what a couple of the drivers had to say post-race the way our season's been going and, and not getting good finishes uh, running okay but not really finishing it off I feel really good that we got stage points in both stages and and come home with the top five yeah we wanted to win that's what I was telling Kevin there uh you know when I, we didn't stay in line I was like you know I pointed to his stickers that he had three of them I was like I need one so uh you know that was a bummer but you know all in all it was a fun day First plan was to stick with Kevin and roll together with him until the last lap. But Stenhouse, man, he, he came up in there. He bullied, bullied us apart. And I was like, all right, let's, let's roll. As soon as I can get Stenhouse to my rear bumper, that would have hooked up with the momentum we needed. I was hoping that we'd stay in line a little bit longer, but uh, 41 kind of hung us out to dry there a lap sooner than, than I thought we would, we would go and, and wound up uh, shuffled out there on the bottom and, and had a couple cars come up and, and get to the back of us. I can't say enough about all the four teamwork and the way that um, you know people from Penske, people from Roush, people at SHR, of course. I mean, all of us were super strong today. I'm glad we won. Yeah, we haven't done a very good job of that, you know, since really the first time we've been with a Ford. We've uh, given away that we gave away the Daytona 500 uh, this year um, with everybody not not doing a very good job of working together. So it was definitely much better today. And, um, you know, if a Ford doesn't win one of these super speedway races, we should all walk, walk away ashamed. I was really surprised how patient they were being with one another and uh, really thought that they would want to win a little more than, than what they did or at least showed to me. I tried to kind of break out of line and do a couple things uh, there, and it was, you know, like I said, very obvious that nobody was going to help me around around me. So, um, you know, it's hard to, hard to move forward. Uh, even if I had just had one, you know, one other person to help, um, I felt like it would have made a, made a big difference. So, you know, like I said, it could have been worse. Jeff Chase Elliott there talking about the Fords maybe not being as aggressive as they should have been. Do you agree with his sentiment? Well, I agree that he, if I were him, I would have wanted them to be more aggressive. But the problem <laughs> was that, you know, when Kurt Busch, what he, you know, what happened there was that Stenhouse had a big run and got to Kurt Busch. And when he did, Kurt made a run and he jumped up on the outside of Kevin, but it only got to Kevin. It yeah. didn't get to Joey. And so, there were not enough good cars to jumble the field up to get a side-by-side action going on, which is what's needed with this package to make passing. So the problem with it was that if you were Chase Elliott, for example, and you jumped out of line, people just weren't going to go with you because you were going to work yourself to the back. So a very difficult situation for the drivers. I, I I get what Chase is saying. You know, 
why not try something? You know, finishing finishing fifth is really no worse than third when you're trying to win a race. And it would have been nice to see people try something. They just didn't have the confidence that their cars collectively had enough speed to make anything happen. Yeah, I don't think uh, people behind them and seeing a Chevrolet pull out, I don't think that was something they wanted to go follow. So Chase was kind of in a bad position as the lone, lone wolf up there. So Stenhouse tried to make something happen. But I think Kevin Harvick, what you talked about a while ago about – them putting those rounds in the back of his car. It slowed his car down. He was going to wait until the last possible minute to see if he could make something happen. And unfortunately, things got shuffled around before he could do that. He had no incentive to try to go before then. He's got his three wins. The others were trying to get good finishes because they don't have wins. So it was kind of a bad situation. If you were in a Chevrolet amongst all of those Fords, it wasn't ever going to work out for Chase. But he did a really nice job of getting everything that he possibly could out of that. And and maybe this is why I'm here and not there. I wouldn't have cared if I was driving a Ford or a Chevrolet. I I understand that we're going to get together and we're going to have a conversation that, hey, let's work together. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I, I got to work for me. Like, I got to work for me. And I, I, I'm all good with teammates helping me, and I'm all good with me helping teammates, but not at the cost of them hurt, of it hurting me. Mm-hmm. Or for that matter, I couldn't ask my teammate to do something that was going to hurt him. So yeah. I just don't think – I just don't believe that there was enough stuff going on there to create the energy needed to make the passes. And that gave – there was a reason to risk jumping out of line. Yeah. It is a conversation that we have a lot, and Chase Elliott, some of the more outspoken comments that he's made so far in his career at this level. Meantime, before we go to commercial break, we do want to mention the loss of former NASCAR and ARCA driver James Hilton and his son James Jr. The NASCAR community mourned the loss of the pair this weekend, who were killed in a truck accident while returning from Friday night's ARCA race at Talladega. James Sr., a team owner in ARCA, won twice as a driver in NASCAR's Premier Series and raced competitively for parts of six decades. He was 83 years old. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. We'll throw it over to Bubba. Thank you guys for watching. Ryan, if you may, I'd like to take a second to personally address everyone at GMS. I know y'all are watching. That was every bit as crazy as it sounds. And when I get home, we are going to party like it's 1999, y'all. We won! Oh, one of the best victory lane sound bites maybe ever from what we can only assume is one of Prince's youngest fans. Spencer Gallagher has led just one lap in his Xfinity Series career, but it was the final lap in Saturday's race at Talladega. The 28-year-old took the lead in overtime before holding off the pack to get his first career win, and the emotions of that continued when he spoke with our Kelly Stavis. Your first career win. What is it like to know that you're a winner now in the Xfinity Series? It's something I can't put into words. We've been working so hard um, this this whole year and since we started as a team at GMS to pull off something like this and to see it come true um, and and to see all the guys so happy. This is one of the happiest days of my life right here. Um, it was it was a pretty quiet race, but I knew our our Legion Travel Chevy had really good speed in it um, all race long. Ever since we unloaded from practice, I knew we had an amazing car. Chad and the guys brought an incredible piece, and really, it's the guys back at GMS Racing and GMS Fab that are building them so fast. I I was just the right place guy in the right place um, today, but man, I, I can't tell you the emotions this brings to me. You know, we're we're going into the playoffs um, come fall. We're going into the next Dash for Cash race. We made two of the four Dash for Cash races in our second year as a team. I think this is our best day ever as a team, really. 
Well, let's talk about that finish of that race and the move that you made to put yourself in position to win it. Talk me through it and, and what was going through your mind. Uh, I just knew that um, going into turn one, my very best shot was going to be to gonna be on Tyler real tight and then get away from him hard, try and get clear of him, um, then get back up in front of him because I knew he had been leading that race for a while. Um, he was comfortable up there and he was going to be tough to beat. So I knew if I was going to pull it off, I was going to have to block the heck out of him. And that's what I did. Um, my spotter, Clayton Hughes, was calling me all through it. Um, he, he made some incredible calls that, that let me make good moves. Uh, and I didn't really know what was happening until I looked up and there's the checkered flag. And that's when it hit me that this was real. Um, until then, it was just all felt like a dream. And finally, what does it mean to get this win, a family-run team, to have your dad here by your side? This, this is the best day of my life. This is the best day of my life that he got to be here to see this. <laughs> this was awesome. Oh, wonderfully emotional day. You know, last year the Las Vegas native moved full-time into the Xfinity Series, continuing a career that began at age 12 in Bandolero cars. However, before committing full-time to racing, he spent some time in Silicon Valley working at a software company. So a well-rounded young man and a career day for Spencer Gallagher. Meantime, another big winner this weekend was Xfinity Series part-timer Ryan Priest. He won the Spring Sizzler for the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour at Stafford Motor Speedway. And he tweeted afterwards, man... Working for something has never felt so good. You know, fellow Connecticut native Joey Logano knows the feeling after getting to celebrate a victory this weekend and for the first time with his son. And when NASCAR America returns, we're going to hear why Joey thinks four-month-old Hudson Logano would fit in just perfectly as a NASCAR driver. Stay with us. After NASCAR America, the Stanley Cup playoffs continue as the Boston Bruins try to take a 2-0 series lead in Tampa against the number one seeded Lightning. Coverage begins with NHL Live coming your way next. We look forward to it, Catherine. Thank you. All right, it's Monday, so it is time to see where everybody stands in our NASCAR America Fantasy League. Among our broadcasters, Lee Diffie has taken the lead from Rick Allen. Dale Jr. still holding strong, as is our tag team, Dustin Long and Nate Ryan. Our journos in there. They have all the intel. Uh, three of us. <laughs> Woo, got a little bit of work to do. DJ, you are beating Jeff and I, although I must say, I'm, I'm climbing my way back from the hole that I dug myself into in week one, basically. Oh, gosh, this is I, I don't know how these people do so well. It's, it's hard to do hard to gather that. But I, I will admit, I don't spend a whole heck of a lot of time at it. So I'm starting to get mad at particular drivers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you not going to call them out on this show. Yeah. But if this continues, I'm going to start calling them out. <laughs> this is starting to get frustrating. <laughs> What's worse is Lee Diffie and Rick Allen are beating both of us. They just, yeah. they're not analysts. They're not drivers. They just talk. Yeah. And they're beating yeah. both of us. I, I think the devil's in the details here. I'm going to have to start paying attention to some manufacturing business on the fantasy end. Uh, Joey Logano <laughs> had a way better Sunday on the track than we did. Earlier today, he tweeted the first victory lane photo with his four-month-old Hudson. And after the race, he had a really funny response when he was asked if Hudson would one day follow in his dad's tire tracks. I tried to take some of the night shifts and uh, and and some of the you know during the day uh, take a little bit of time give give mama a break. He's not a real easy baby, um, which means he'll probably be a really good race car driver because he cries a lot. So uh, <laughs> he'll fit right in here. <laughs> I am not touching this, <laughs> Jeff and DJ. I I am not touching this.
That won't be the last time he's heard those words, I'll guarantee you, when he shows up this weekend at the track. <laughs> uh, you guys, babies? No, definitely not. All right, that'll do it for us. We're back tomorrow with a full hour at our normal time of 5 p.m. Eastern. We're going to have Scandal Talladega and a visit from SiriusXM's Pete Pistoni as well. We're glad to welcome him back. Meanwhile, doubleheader of playoff hockey next. NHL Live getting you ready right now. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.